It takes strength to end a breadcrumb relationship. That's when you're with someone who gives you just enough communication and affection to keep you hooked into them and nothing more. And ending that kind of relationship is a no-brainer when you're working to transform your life. But what about when you're in a crisis? Should you just take any love you can get or risk losing the only bits of support you've got from someone who's kind of maybe in your life? My letter today is from a woman I'll call Marsha, and she writes, Dear Fairy, I'm 43 years old and I currently am undergoing treatment for stage two breast cancer. I'm struggling with setting boundaries with an ex. I was traumatized as a child by an abusive stepfather. I was raised by a hypocritical, narcissistic, aloof grandmother that put men in my family on a pedestal. And I was also raised by a workaholic, non-affectionate mother. My real father was estranged. I showed up for myself, but I struggled. I remembered asking myself, why doesn't anyone love me? I've got my fairy pencil, by the way. I'm circling things I want to come back to on a second reading. I got really kind of swept away about the cancer. Um, all right, so Marcia says, it's like no matter what I did, history kept repeating itself with everything in my life. I isolated myself because the pain was just unbearable. Eventually, I decided to cut all family off. I had a child at 19, and that was extremely hard, as I was a child myself. I had not dealt with the painful trauma and abandonment of the past, only to result in my child's father also abandoning us. I kept masking my pain. Four years ago, in my late 30s, I fell in love for the first time, and I had my heart broken. Little did I know that this man, um, who wasn't even my boyfriend, would serve as a catalyst to begin my self-development healing journey. All right, I'm putting a question mark by that, because I'm not sure what you mean. I wasn't myself with him because I was codependent, needy, jealous, anxious, you name it. Old wounds of not being worthy of love or, be, or, or to be loved. Not one single person that ever raised me ever gave me affection. Oh my goodness. So why did I love this guy? I cried myself to sleep for months and all I could think was, love yourself. Through the tears and programming, my triggers, going within to self-regulate my nervous system, I did everything and anything to overcome what happened and become myself. And I did it, she says. I was in the best shape of my life physically and mentally, emotionally too, so I thought. As I sat in the doctor's office waiting for my mammogram results, I was diagnosed with stage two cancer, breast cancer. I reached out to my mother after years of no contact. She's been by my side with no ounce of negativity and has given so much affection and love. Wow. Wow. However, the man that I love, he does not know that I love him as I hide it, came back too. There's no support, no love, barely any affection unless he wants intimacy. And I, by that, I think you mean sex. Although I'm battling cancer, there's this hideous label of being a friend with benefits. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm so proud of myself for my outlook on my cancer treatment and healing. He's seen my transformation and transparency. I'm disappointed that I do not cut off a man that does not see me in his future, that every time he comes and goes, I allow it. It makes me so mad as I'm the one not establishing my boundaries and, and I don't cut him off. It's like I can say no to everyone except him. This is the first time I'm being honest about him with myself. 
Does he love me or feel sorry for me? No, yet I stay. Please provide guidance as to why the obsession with him. I'm exhausted. All right, Marsha, I've got your back, honey, I do. All right, it's okay. You know what, you have cancer, so like if this happened, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. So I'm so glad you caught it at stage two. It sounds like it's hopeful. I really hope it is, but I know it must be like a big thing for you to deal with and confront and it would shake your life. And already I hear you making like positive changes. You're really questioning this crap fit relationship that you've had in your life for a while. It is not what you want. It doesn't make you feel good. So yes, I said crap fit. For anybody who has never learned that word, crap fit. We fit ourselves to crap. And it's a survival technique that we learn as kids when we had to deal with terrible situations, unacceptable people. And we learn to fit ourselves to it, to just carry on and survive. But when you take that into adulthood, you can end up being too good at fitting yourself to somebody. This guy, he just comes and like takes sex and leaves and doesn't care about you. So... You know, you say, why do I do this? Why do I do this? And you have all this shame. It's the same reason everybody does. It's just like we want love. We want love so much. And so sometimes we'll just crap fit a little bit to get something that feels something like love, even though then the big emptiness comes afterwards where it's clear like it wasn't love. It doesn't involve hanging out together, making a plan, having something to do on Saturday and all those things that are just so disappointing to lose. Uh, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry you're going through that. I thought a lot about what you were asking though, because at first I was like, I don't know, maybe just to get through the cancer, you just hang on to somebody who's like, you know, I don't know, just like a, a comforter. <laughs> but no, it makes you feel sad and it makes you lose your, lose your integrity. So I'm really not for keeping this relationship. I can't get over the feeling that you having cancer is an opportunity. You know, every once in a while, trauma can actually cause our immune system to get out of whack. That happened to me. Um, it can, you know, it can exacerbate your risk. Some people say it could actually cause the cancer. I don't know if we have to go there, but I do know that you healing your trauma gives you your best physical and emotional and psychological and spiritual strength to overcome the cancer that you have right now. Because that's really what your body has to do. Like there's these cancer cells and your body has to rise up and take care of it and just like get rid of it. So that's your mission right now. And everything that strengthens you is good. Now this thing about your mother that you reached out to her after all you went through and she showed up for you and she's been positive and helpful. So first of all, not to be a naysayer, but just in case she ever like does her old thing one day, see if you can give her a little bit of a grace period on it, because it'll be sort of amazing if she can not show her old colors. Hopefully, though, this is primarily how she is now, just loving and helpful. <sighs> I want you to survive this cancer, no problem, with your body intact. And then I want you to enjoy the incredible gift it brought you. <laughs> that your mom all of a sudden showed up for you. You know, your mom not being there for you with everything you went through, that's a huge trauma wound. Very few people get the chance to sort of heal that afterwards. I don't think you have to force it. You don't have to make yourself have conversations. I just have a feeling that this is gonna come naturally to you. And you just, you just have a chance to set something right with your mom. I mean, she's the one who needs to set something right. But you have a chance now to get that love that you didn't get before. I'm so happy for you, and I hope it goes really well. 
this guy, he's a distraction. He's a distraction and he's hurting your integrity. He's hurting, he's making you feel ashamed of yourself. I mean, he's not, but the decision to keep seeing him is making you feel ashamed of yourself. It's not really what you want. So I'm just gonna encourage you, like you actually don't need sex right now. And that's all he's got for you. You don't need that. You need people who like bring food and love you and care about you and rub your feet and help you when things are kind of icky and involve drives to the hospital and chemo or whatever it is you're doing. You know, I've been through other people's cancer with them. It's a big loving act. It's not <laughs> somebody who just stops in for sex. I can see the appeal. I think, you know, I can see the appeal and I just say, you know, I'm glad you got a little of that. But now it's like your, your integrity, your sense of dignity is crying out to you going, you know, I think I want to live on a better basis. And I just want to encourage you 100%. Yeah, do that. Do that. Gently let that relationship go. You're making room for one day, perhaps a new relationship to come in. And then you won't have that feeling of shame. When it comes to healing trauma, shame is really poisonous. Shame is poisonous. And so, you know, there's a, a school of thought that goes, oh, well, shame is just stupid and pointless and you just shouldn't have it. But sometimes we feel shame because we're doing something that's inconsistent with our own moral values. And that's what I hear you saying. So when you get consistent with your own moral values, there's just like this good light in you, a good energy. And you need that. You need that. You need to get right with yourself. It's a good, good and powerful thing to do for your healing. Ooh, please tell us how you're doing in the future. And if people are watching this, I want to give you a little talk, a little pep talk that sometimes when you make a big change, like dropping a toxic relationship, a lot of emotions come up. This is the time also for being ill, um, scared about your life, trying to deal with a, um, a return to relationship with your mother, all the stuff that you're going through and so many of our people here are going through. This is the time to support yourself with a way to process your thoughts and feelings about just life's ups and downs, all of these experiences, so that you can hang in there. You don't have to shut everything down or go get drunk or yell or anything like that. You can actually hang in there and keep experiencing your life and making good choices about what you want to do next. And so the thing that I've done for 30 years that's allowed me to do that is my daily practice techniques. It's a very simple writing technique and then a simple meditation technique. You can learn and try it in less than an hour. It's a free course. Love for everybody who even thinks about taking it. Just take it. Take the course. See if you like it. If you take the course, we'll send you an invitation to join me on Zoom calls that are also free um, a couple times a month. A few hundred people come these days. They're wonderful. We do the techniques together. I take questions. It's a very healing environment. If you feel like coming in and being a member, we also have peer-led daily practice course, um, meetings multiple times a day. There's a lot of love and community around here for people who want to follow this path of healing trauma. So that option is there for anybody who wants a next step. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, Think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.